Section 27 of A Year Amongst the Persians by Edward Granville Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. A Year Amongst the Persians by Edward Granville Brown. Section 27. A few days after this, I again called on my friend Mirza Ali. Shortly after my arrival, Haji Mirza Hassan joined us, and for nearly three hours we talked without intermission about the Babi religion, save for a short time when we were interrupted by an ass's head. See pages 274-5, Supra. The conversation ran, for the most part, on announcements of coming events by Baha'u, of which Hauji Mirza Hassan related the following instances from his own personal experience. You have heard of the martyrs of Esfahan. See pages 213 to 215, Supra. Said he, well, shortly before their death, I was at Acre with Hauji Mirza Hassan Ali, whom you met at Esfahan, and Agha Sayyid Haudi, a day or two before the time fixed for our return to Persia, we were with Baha'u, in a garden whither he sometimes repairs. He was seated, and we, according to our custom, were standing before him. Presently, he bade us sit down and ordered an attendant to give us tea while we were drinking it he said a great event will shortly take place in persia in the evening agha sayyid haudi privately inquired of him where this event would happen and was informed that it would be in the land of saud esfahan sayyid haudi wrote to some of his friends in persia and in his letter mentioned this prophecy when we reached persia hauji mirza hassan ali remained at tehran while i continued my journey towards esfahan at kaushan i was met by the news of the martyr's arrest as they were very rich i confidently anticipated that they would be able to regain their liberty by means of a heavy bribe to the authorities neither did i connect this news with baha's prophecy for i rather understood that as pointing to some general catastrophe such as a plague famine or earthquake four or five days later however came the news of their martyrdom and I, instead of proceeding to Esfahan, turned back to Tehran, knowing now that this was the event foreshadowed by Baha'u. Hauji Mirza Hassan here added an account of the events which had led to the death of the two Sayyids. This I have already given at pages 213-4, to 4, Supra. So I will not repeat it here. At the execution the imam jum'eh seeing the headsman waver had put his hand to his throat and said if there be any sin in this let it be upon my neck 
Shortly afterwards, he fell into disgrace and retired to Mashhad, where he was attacked with abscesses in the throat, Khanazir, of which he died. About a month after the death of the martyrs, Sheikh Balgher received a letter from Acre containing the most terrible denunciations and prophecies of misfortune. Mirza Ali told me that he had himself seen and copied this letter when a boy, before the calamities which it foreshadowed had befallen Sheikh Balgher. He subsequently went to Karbala. On returning thence to Esfahan, he discovered that both his wife and his daughter, who was extremely beautiful, had been seduced by the prince-governor. His complaints and demands for redress resulted only in the production of a letter from his wife to her paramour, proving that she had made the first advances. Other troubles and misfortunes succeeded this and Sheikh Balgher presently died, as Baha had foretold, without having been able to enjoy his ill-gotten gains. This is one instance of Baha's prescience, about which you inquired. I will give you another, in which I myself was more closely concerned, but indeed such experiences are common to most of us who have been privileged to hold intercourse with our master. I and Haji Mirza Hassan Ali, whom you saw at Esfahan, had been to visit Baha at Adrianople before he was transferred to Acre. We received instructions to proceed thence to Egypt to encourage the Babis resident there and to avert a threatened schism. On the steamer in which we took our passage, was a merchant of Tabriz, named Haji Mohammad Ja'far, who was also a believer. Just before we started, we were ordered to avoid all conversation with him during the voyage. Although we were completely at a loss to understand the object of this prohibition, we obeyed it implicitly. In due course we safely reached Egypt, and there set ourselves diligently to confirm and encourage the believers, to check the schism which seemed impending, and to spread the faith amongst our compatriots in Egypt, so far as occasion served. The Persian consul, unable to prevent our compatriots from visiting us, sent word to us that he was desirous of hearing about our religion. As he had been long absent from Persia, and had been unable to satisfy himself as to the truth of the matter. We, suspecting no evil, for we thought that in Egypt we ran no risk of arrest or imprisonment, accepted his invitation, and, on an evening which he appointed, visited him at the consulate. We sat talking with him till five or six hours after sunset, speaking freely and unreservedly about religious questions. When, however, we rose to take our leave, we were seized by the consul's servants and detained in his house, while messengers were sent to search our lodgings and seize our books and papers. Next day, the consul accused us to Esmail Pasha of heresy and sedition, 
representing us as confessedly belonging to a mischievous and dangerous sect imbued with revolutionary ideas which was hostile to all authority and had already attempted the life of the shah of persia of our heresy he added the five or six books found in our lodgings books which we regarded as abrogating the quran would afford ample evidence the case was laid before the council of inquiry majlese estentaug we were declared infidels and apostates and without a hearing condemned to transportation for life to khartoum in the sudan thither we were sent together with six or seven of our brethren haji mohammad ja'far of tabriz our fellow-traveller from adrianople was amongst the accused but he was acquitted as it was proved that we had not spoken to him on board the ship and this was taken as presumptive evidence that he had no acquaintance with us then we understood why baha had forbidden us to speak with him on the voyage for had we done so he would have been involved in our misfortune how long were you imprisoned at khartoum i inquired and how did you effect your escape we remained there for seven years replied haji mirza hassan and for some time we were unable to communicate with our master or even to ascertain whither he had been removed for vague rumours of his removal from adrianople reached us at length we foregathered with some christian missionaries whose good will we won by manifesting an interest in their doctrines by means of these we were able to send a letter to bahal informing him of our condition on receiving our letter bahal at once indicted an answer consoling us in our misfortune and announcing that our oppressor esmail pasha would shortly fall from power and that we should in a little while again stand in the presence of our master this letter was entrusted to an arab called jossem who started at once for khartoum where he arrived six months later in the journal of the royal asiatic society for april eighteen ninety two pages three eleven three twelve i have attempted to prove that one of the epistles now included in what is called by the babis the surah Kal, the text of which has been published in full by baron rosen in volume six of the collection scientifiques de l'institut des langues orientales de saint petersburg pages one forty nine to one ninety two is this very letter jossim as i was informed at acre is merely a vulgar and local pronunciation of the name qasim when we received it there seemed to be no likelihood that the promises of deliverance which it contained would be fulfilled but we were at least no longer wholly cut off from our friends for the arab not only took back with him our answer but made arrangements with believers at suez to forward our letters in the future soon after this your english general came to khartoum i forget his name but you will probably remember it general gordon i answered yes rejoined haji mirza hassan that was it well 
Soon after his arrival, he inquired about the prisoners whom he found in Khartoum, and especially about us and the other Persians. As he could find no crime recorded against us, he interrogated us as to the reason of our confinement. We told him that we were innocent of any crime, and that we had been condemned unheard without a chance of defending ourselves. Our statement was confirmed by the prison officials, and General Gordon accordingly telegraphed to Esmail Pasha demanding the reason of our detention. The replies which he received were vague and unsatisfactory, and he accordingly released us, telling us that we were free to stay or go as we pleased. Haji Mirza Hassan Ali and myself at once availed ourselves of this permission, and set out for Acre. But our companions, having wives and families at Khartoum, chose to remain there. Soon after this, as you know, Esmail Pasha was deposed, and the prophecy contained in the epistle was fulfilled. You see, that in all these cases, when the prophecy was uttered, there seemed to be no likelihood of its fulfilment. Indeed, when we received instructions to act in a certain way, we seldom understood the reason till afterwards. For instance, on one occasion, Haji Mirza Hassan Ali and myself were about to return to Persia from Acre by way of Diyar Bekr, Mosul and Ravondiz. We were to take with us certain books destined for a believer at Tabriz, but though we intended to proceed thither ourselves we were instructed to convey them no further beyond the persian frontier than we could help but to hand them over to some trustworthy person as soon as possible after entering persia accordingly on reaching soch bulak we heard that a certain believing merchant was staying in the caravanserai we sent a message to him informing him that we wished to see him at once on a matter of importance he understood the nature of our business and what was toward though with no small trepidation came out to us at once we walked away from the town he following us till we came to a streamlet where we sat down and signed to him to do likewise we explained to him our object in seeing him and handed over to him the books which he took with some reluctance promising to convey them to tabriz on the first opportunity next day we started for tabriz but we had not gone one parasang when we were attacked by kurdish robbers and stripped of everything save our shirts and drawers had the books been with us they too would have been lost as it was, we had to return in this plight to Sochbolak. We laid a complaint before the governor of Tabriz, Hossein Khan, son of the Saheb Divan, and he promised us a hundred tomans, thirty pounds sterling, as compensation. But this we never received. These are certainly very strange experiences, I said but of course the evidential value of prophecies referring to events of public notoriety and existing in written form before those events came to pass would be greater well is there not the epistle to ali pasha answered haji mirza hassan 
I think, for reasons stated at pages 271 to 2 of the Journal of the Royal Asiatic Society for 1892, that Fo'ad Pasha, not Ali Pasha, is really intended. I have not, however, thought myself justified in altering the notes of these conversations recorded in my diary. Compare note 1 on page 323, Supra in which his death in a foreign land, as well as the assassination of the Turkish ministers whom Cherkes Hassan slew, is clearly foreshadowed? And is there not also the epistle to Sheikh Balgher, by whom the martyrs of Esfahan were done to death, of which you have already heard? These epistles are well known, and the events to which they refer are notorious. But let me tell you how Haji Muhammad Ja'far, who escaped exile to Khartoum, showed his devotion to Baha'u. When it was decided by the Turkish government to remove our master and his family and relatives, as well as Mirza Yahya, i.e. Subh Azal, this title, however, is seldom given by the followers of Baha'u to Mirza Yahya. At most, they call him on shakhs azal that person azal from adrianople they at first determined to dismiss his followers with their passports and a sum of money from their journey to persia haji muhammad jafar refused to agree to this declaring that he would not be separated from his master he was told that he must obey the sultan's orders thereupon he drew his knife and before they could prevent him inflicted a severe wound on his throat neither would he allow the surgeon who was immediately summoned to sew it up until he had received an assurance that he should be allowed to accompany Baha'u to acre the turkish authorities were therefore obliged to telegraph to constantinople that Baha'u's followers could not be separated from him as they would rather kill themselves than leave him. However, the Turks tried to send some of them with Mirza Yahya to Cyprus. But these, on discovering whither their ship was bound, cast themselves into the sea to swim to the ship in which Baha was a passenger. They were finally allowed to accompany him to Acre, and only Mirza Yahya and his family were conveyed to Cyprus where they still remain. This, as I subsequently discovered, is not strictly accurate. Four of Baha'u's followers, Sheikh Ali Sayyah, Muhammad Bauger, Abdul Ghaffar, and Meshkin Qalam, were sent with Subh Azal to Cyprus. The first and second died in the island in 1871 and 1872, respectively the third escaped in eighteen seventy and the last left for acre where i saw him in the spring of eighteen ninety in eighteen eighty six why i asked do you speak of mirza yahya as though he were of no account in the books about your religion which i read in europe he is described as the bob's chosen successor and after him as the chief of your sect yes replied haji mirza hassan it is true that he was one of the early believers and that at first he was accounted the successor and vice-regent of the bob but he was repeatedly warned not to withhold his allegiance
from him whom God shall make manifest, and threatened that if he did so, he would fall from the faith and become as one rejected. In spite of these clear warnings of his master, he refused to acknowledge the new manifestation when it came, wherefore he is now regarded by us as of no account. Has he any followers in Cyprus? I asked. Hardly any, answered Haji Mirza Hassan. He writes absurd and meaningless letters to his partisans, and to such as he hopes to persuade. But he is afraid to come to Persia, though the Turks have given him permission to do so. This also is a mistake. It was only after the English occupation of Cyprus that the Babis interned at Famagusta were given permission to leave the island, on condition of forfeiting the pensions which they enjoy, fearing lest we should kill him. And would you kill him? I inquired. I ask pardon of God. We are not authorized to kill anyone, replied the Babi missionary. Next day I again met Hauji Mirza Hassan at the house of my friend Mirza Ali. He had with him a commentary on the Kitab-e Aqdas, with the aid of which we attempted, with but partial success, to unravel the complicated law of inheritance laid down by Baha'u. I was able, however, to learn from it something more about the arrangement of the Babi year. This consists of nineteen months of nineteen days each, the same names serving alike for the months of the year and the days of the month. These names are as follows. 1. Bahal 2. Jalal 3. Jamal 4. Azamat 5. Nur 6. Rahmat 7. Kalimaut 8. Kamal 9. Asmal 10. Ezat 11. Mashiyat 12. Elm 13. Qudrat 14. Qol 15. Masael 16. Sharaf 17. Sultan 18. Mulk 19. Alaw According to this arrangement, the week is completely abolished. The third day of the eighth month, for example, is called Yomul Jamal Men Shahrel Kamal, the day of beauty, Jamal, in the month of perfection, Kamal. But, pending the retention of the week, new names have been given to the days comprising it as follows Sunday. Yomol Jamal, Monday, Yomol Kamal, Tuesday, Yomol Fezal, Wednesday, Yomol Edal, Thursday, Yomol Estejlal, Friday, Yomol Esteglal, Saturday, Yomol Jalal. For a fuller account of the arrangement of the Babi calendar and of the system of intercalation employed to keep it in correspondence with the solar year, 
for the Nowruz, which corresponds with the entry of the sun into the sign of the Ram, and the vernal equinox, which marks the beginning of the Babi, as of the old Persian year, see volume 2 of my traveller's narrative, written to illustrate the episode of the Bab, pages 412 to 425. See also pages 320 to 1, Supra. I learned a few more facts about the Babis on this occasion. The relations of the Bab, of whom I saw several at Shiraz, are called Afnaun, and the sons of Baha, Aghsaun, both of these words meaning branches. Baha's eldest son, Abbas Effendi, I have described the impression produced upon me by this remarkable man at pages 35 to 36 of volume 2 of my traveller's narrative, is called Qusne Akbar, the most great branch, and also Agaye Serrullah, the master, God's mystery, while another of his sons, named Mirza Muhammad Ali, is entitled Qusne Azam, the most mighty branch. Him I did not see at Acre. He was probably living in seclusion. Since then, he has become the pontiff of the Baha'i Babis, agreeably to Baha'u's testamentary depositions, published in the original by Baron Rosen in volume 7 of the Zapiski, pages 194-6. Baha died on 29th May, 16th Old Style, 1892. In my diary, as well as in my first article on the Barbies in the Journal of the Royal Asiatic Society for July 1888, I have wrongly transposed the titles of these two sons of Baha. I was also shown the epistle from Baha to Sheikh Balgher, of which I have heard so much, and copied from it the passage which, as the Barbies declared, foreshadowed the recent disgrace of the Zellos Sultan. The translation of this passage is as follows. Verily we heard that the provinces of Persia were adorned with the ornament of justice, but when we made inquiry we found them wellsprings of injustice and sources of violence. Verily we see justice under the claws of oppression. We ask God to free it by an exercise of power and an act of authority on his part. Verily, he is a protector over whomsoever is in the earth and in the heavens. One of the older Barbies whom I had previously met was present for a while, and I urgently repeated a request, which I had already made, that I might be taken to see the house, called Bait, the house par excellence, formerly inhabited by the Bob. There had been some difficulty about this, firstly because its inmates at that time were without exception women, and secondly because it was feared that my visiting it would excite the suspicion of the Mohammedans, to whom also the house was well known, but these difficulties appeared to have been surmounted and I received a promise that on the next day but one my wish should be gratified. It was, therefore, in the highest spirits that I took leave of my Bobby friends and turned homewards. But alas for my hopes, destined to disappointment, for had I known it, 
there was already awaiting me there that which was to cut short my pleasant days in Shiraz and debar me from the accomplishment of the visitation which I so ardently desired to perform. End of section twenty seven. End of chapter eleven. Shiraz continued. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Recorded in London, England.